We um, experienced, um, as a family, experience bridge, a meal. Um, so years ago, the church did a Christmas feast, and due to our scheduling conflict, we were never able to be a part of it. We were so disappointed. Um, and so last Christmas, when the church did the experience bridge meal, we thought that was a really cool idea. Um, and so finally we were able to schedule, as a family, one of these meals to attend. Um, so in November, we picked a date as a family, and we indicated a date that we were available, and we were okay with whichever family was available to host us. Um, we forewarned our children that the same rules apply as at home. Whatever we're served to eat, we eat with a thankful heart. <laughs> a lot of times at home, our children will sometimes not like our meal, and they'll be like, thanks, Mom. You know, So we just wanted to make sure that they were prepared for this experience. Um, <clears throat> we, were definitely, we definitely had reservations signing up for this, taking our children, just not knowing how this experience was going to go. Um, but we got the address of the, the home we were attending, and as we parked and walked down the street, we were aware that um, we didn't know where this country, this family was originally from, um, and also just thinking that here's a family that's going to be welcoming us into their home, and they've never met us, and we've never met them, but they're willing to have us in our home. So we just thought that was very kind of them that we didn't meet them. Um, but we were anxious to meet them and get to hear their story. So we knock on the door, and they invited us in, and we sat in their front room, and um, immediately we felt very comfortable with them. They were so kind and open, and we hope that they felt the same way with, with our family. Um, they served us some coffee, and it was the, some of the best coffee we've ever had. Um, at the same time, Jordan and I had, we didn't sleep that night. It was very strong, but it was, it was delicious. Um, so anyhow, before we ate, they shared with us their story, and um, they had tears in their eyes, and we had tears in our eyes and our hearts as they revealed their difficult life journey that they experienced. Um, I've never before met anyone whose house was destroyed by war violence, as well as the children's school. Um, this family um, stayed with, because their house was destroyed, they stayed with um, a relative a couple hours away while the dad crossed the border into another country to try to work to support the family and, and send money back to them. Um, but the children, the five children, while they were living with a relative, they didn't sleep for a solid night's sleep for weeks and months because they kept hearing the war violence outside of the house and they would have to go to the basement to take cover. I just can't imagine sleeping unpeacefully. Um, but eventually they decided to cross the border to a safer country. Um, but for five years in this country, they didn't know the language and the children were not able to attend the school. Can you imagine? We think sometimes summer vacation can be long, but um, these children did not go to school for, five, for three years. Um, but through long-distance travels and being interviewed many, many times, they were, able, they were finally able to be approved to come to the U.S., um, so just hearing their story just like broke our hearts, but at the same time there was this like connection. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there's a picture of them. Um, that, that we realized quickly that this family's bond was very tight as well. 
Um, We continued to converse over dinner. Um, The food that they graciously prepared for us was amazing. I think if you asked our children what their favorite part of the evening was, they would say the food and um, the games. After dinner, the girls took the boys into the front living room, and they started playing Dutch Blitz, and I forget what other games, but they were very, very hospitable. Um, So... My husband and I were very interested, too, and where do you where do you buy your food that's native to your, it was Syria, where do you buy this food? So um, it was kind of fun to hear that they can buy it locally. Um, before going into their house, we talked about trying to put a time limit on how long we would stay just because we have young children and not wanting to also infringe on their time as a family. But I'm telling you, after three and a half hours, they were like, oh, no, no, you guys don't have to leave. Don't be in a hurry. And we were like, no, we really do have to leave. But it, it was really hard to leave their house. They were so hospitable and so kind and so friendly. So we made new friends that evening, and our hearts have been forever touched. And so... Um, yeah, I encourage you, if you ever have the opportunity to sign up for Experience Bridge, it was just a wonderful experience. Hi, I'm Ella Brubaker. So this year, our junior high leaders decided to give us the option to do a 30-hour famine. Now, some people didn't want to go without food because of either health or they had special plans. So our leaders encouraged them to get rid of electronics or anything you use a lot. Now, during the famine, I honestly wanted to be done with it. I felt empty and just not energetic. While I was hungry, I really wanted to make sure I reached out to God and expressed my feelings to him. Uh, It made me really sad for the people that have to do this many times a week without knowing when their next meal is, which we knew when our endpoint was. We went from Friday lunch to supper the next day. During our journey through this, me and many of the other people in our group realized that it's hard to watch other people eat. I drank lots of tea, which I might not be able to drink for a pretty long time. I'm just very thankful for the little things in my life that I usually take for granted, like food, water, and shelter. After that experience, I feel so blessed and just so lucky. I definitely realize the difference between my needs and wants, which I feel is really important. I think this was a very meaningful experience for those who participated in this event. Hi, my name is Michaela Moyer, and our junior high went to Hope International in Lancaster and experienced their Pathways Out of Poverty exhibit. They help different people who are in need of things we take for granted. The Walk Through Poverty exhibit included our junior high walking through different rooms that showed several families' problems in different countries. For example, some of the rooms were based off of human trafficking, hunger, people who can't pay for medical bills, and trash pollution. I learned to cherish the little things I have, which include a house, food, fresh water, and clothing. Mm -hmm. Through this walk, God showed me all the little things I take for granted that others don't have, which connects to the Bible verse, Luke 12, 48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded, and from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked.
All right, hi. Um, this past year has been a journey of restoration for me. Uh, I moved back to my family farm five years ago, and in the past year, I've been taking a walk around the block uh, which passes the cemetery where my mom's tombstone is located. And on that tombstone is are words that have been speaking to me for the past year. And the words are, the truth will set you free. And she wrote those words uh, during some of the last hours of her life, or last days of her life, and so they felt important. And it's actually exactly what God has been doing in my life uh, for the past year. So these words have been speaking to me, and um, what God's been doing is exposing uh, thought patterns and lies and replacing them with the truth. Um, the Lord speaks to me in visions, and one of the visions that he's given me recently, um, I always envision the verse in Psalm um, about he uh, reaches down into the slimy mire and pulls me out. Um, I always you know, imagine Jesus pulling me out with his hand, and recently this year, I felt like he was showing me that he's actually putting on work boots and actually jumping down into, into the pit and carrying me out. So anyway, so I knew that he's been with me on this journey, and each, each time he shows me something new, and each time he carries me out of that, that pit, um, he's right there with me, and he's doing the work with me, and he's cheering for me. Um, so I'm just going to give you one of the many examples out how God has been doing this in my life. Um, it's a story uh, during this year. Um, I was in Sunday school class in the prayer class, which um, was my class, and I started getting bombarded with lies, um, just um, like, you know, lies like um, you, if you open your mouth, you're going to say something stupid. You don't know how to pray. When you pray, you say dumb words and um, just just all these all these words started coming at me, and so I didn't open my mouth, and um, I felt alone, I felt embarrassed, I felt like, why was I there? Um, so anyway, so at the end of this, that service that day, I came down to the prayer corner, and um, they were praying for me, and um, as they were praying, um, I had a picture, a vision, of me sitting at a table, the kitchen table, and um, I was sitting there just believing the lies that, um, you know, I don't have a voice, you know, don't open your mouth, it's better just to be quiet than to say stupid things, people don't want to hear what you have to say, you know, all kinds of lies, and just forming um, kind of a way of, of my, the way I would react and live for the following number of years. But anyway, so I, I was back there in a vision and realized that Jesus was sitting beside me. And uh, he turned to me and he took my hands and he looked in my eyes and he said, um, he said, I want to hear what you have to say and I want to hear every detail. And to me, it was like him saying, what you have to say is important and it's valuable, and you're, you have a voice, and you can be heard, and um, that I want you to be, he's saying, I want you to be heard. 
Um, so that was the truth in the situation. The other thing that I've been learning along with this journey of him, of Jesus showing me the lies, exposing them, and then um, ex- uh, exchanging the lies for truth is an element um, that um, would be unfinished without it, and that is um, just repentance. Um, and I know that each place that I go where um, truth exchanges lies, I take time to repent. Um, repent for believing the lie that my voice isn't valuable. Repenting for um, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness um, towards those who I might feel um, caused me to feel that way. Um, re- uh, repenting for uh, making judgments and vows uh, that, like, I will never act the way that I was treated or that I was made to believe. So just repenting for um, those things that are, that are sin attached to that um, particular um, memory. So anyway, so I've had um, lots, of, lots of areas that I've, um, that I've gone to and that the truth is setting me free. Um, a verse that's been, that pretty much explains um, who I am and what's been happening is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And the truth is that I am new in Christ even today. I am new in Christ. And the, the old is past, the new has come. And I had a conversation that I wrote in my journal with Jesus about that because when I'm in this new territory, which is the truth, rather than believing what I used to believe, it's new, and new can be scary. Uh, new can be like, um, it's not easy. New's not easy. So the conversation that I had was, I said to Jesus, I'm scared. It's new. And he said, lean on me. I said, I don't know what to do. And he said, do what you see me doing. And I said, what if I can't? And he said, you can do all things through Christ who sets you free. I'm sorry, through Christ who strengthens you. And I said, what if I don't have enough love? And he said, God is love. I am love. Stay attached to me and I'll take care of it. And I said, are you going to continue to heal me as I walk along? Meaning like all these, you know, memories and healings. And he said, yes. And it was all capital letters with an exclamation point. And I said, so I don't have to keep running back. And he said, you do, but you don't. And I felt like what he was saying here was, um, move forward, but when I bring something to mind where I want to redeem you and make it new, go back and then keep moving forward. So I do, but I don't need to keep uh, going back. And I just want to end with uh, Psalm 126, which is titled Restoration. And I just, I end with this as a prayer. The Lord has done great miracles for me. Yes, he did mighty miracles, and I am overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. 
Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Amen. Good morning. So when I was asked to speak this morning, I was thinking about the different topics that I could speak about because blessings seem to be abundant right now in our lives. And as I reflected on the past year and the ability to step up here to speak, um, I was concerned about a couple of things because one of our speakers, our guest speakers a few months ago, talked about when it's harvest season, that when you get further into the message, you start to see heads nod throughout because they're working in the fields throughout the week. And so I felt really good because here we are at the end of December and harvest is past, and so we're okay. But then we came this morning and had this wonderful breakfast. And I got nervous because I'm the fourth speaker. And as we're approaching the end, what's going to happen when I get up here and look around the room? So here we are. I'm a basketball coach. My name is Ross Patrick. I'm married to Claudia and my two kids, Riley and Sydney. My mother-in-law is joining us today, Gwen Hartzler, who a lot of you know. And when I reflected on what I was going to talk about, it's amazing to watch God work, to watch God move, and to move before us not knowing where and what is coming and how we're going to step into different areas. So my profession is as a college basketball coach. And as a coach, you love to use different quotes to inspire, to encourage, to move people towards certain things. So one of the quotes I'd like to share with you today that someone spoke once was, your life is like a basketball game. The tempo keeps changing, and God wants you to know it's part of what he has for you. Your mistakes are forgiven, and your future is bright. Stay diligent. Your faith is going to a new height. So as a college basketball coach, that's that's pretty inspiring words. And so it's great tools. And the benefit is, is the Bible gives us quotes and parables to kind of live by to increase our faith. So if we go from the, the generic real world quote to a more specific quote, in Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, that verse means a lot to me because it applies both from a faith side and a profession side. On the profession side, the triple braided cord represents a three, and for me, in basketball, my life is about threes. So this is something I interact with on a daily basis. This is my 20th year of coaching at the college level. I believe that I can speak with knowledge about some of these things on the basketball side. I coach women's basketball, which is a little bit different. And my wife will tell you that after 20 years of coaching females, I still only know half of about what I should. So I'm going to do my best today to make sure that I clarify and direct this in the right way. Now, back to this concept of threes. For example, I have three assistant coaches. Some might seem that as a coincidence. My shooting guard is third in the country in threes made per game, which I find interesting because we play at the Division three level. And for those of you who know a little bit about who I am as a coach, I've only had three technical fouls in the last three years. So that is actually a really, really good thing for me. So as you can see, the idea of threes is very commonplace in my life. 
But this concept of a triple braided cord not easily being broken came into full view for me over this past year. I ended up on a transition school board um, for Crable Mennonite School. Now, many of you here are Crable graduates, or you have children who were Crable graduates, or grandparents who have grandkids that are either at Crable or were Crable graduates. And for those of you new parents, I will be happy to talk to you after the service about how your student can become a Crable graduate <laughs> as well. Now, this concept of a triple braided cord is something our principal, MJ Smith, talks about. She talks very passionately about the idea of home, church, and school being a triple braided cord for our youth that is not easily broken. Now, I've seen over the past year, two, well, two, three, four, five years, my son is in fifth, my daughter is in um, second. I've seen them come home. They are excited to share the Bible verse that they've learned and memorized, to sing a song about Jesus' love, to pray with their teachers during parent-teacher conferences, which is an amazing thing when you know that your teachers are taking home your children and praying for them. But all these moments almost came to an end when Lancashire Mennonite had made the decision um, for their reasons that they were going to close Crable. And this was just before what would have been Crable's 70th year in the Mountjoy area. Now, I can stand up here all day and talk about the amazing ways that God has shown up over the past two years of Crable. But in the interest of time and digestion, I will make sure that I highlight just a few milestones. In April of 2019, Crable was accredited with their Advanced Ed Certification. In May, we received our 501c3 status of independent nonprofit. June of 2019, Crable finished in the financial black at the conclusion of our first independent year, which is amazing because when Lancaster Mennonite was going to close it, we were under 70 students. We have enrollment stabilization for the first time in 15 years. We're at 120 students, and what we like to think is growing. Um, August of 2019, the PA Department of Education approved us as an independent school. In that same month, PA approved us for our tax-exempt status. September of 2019, Lancaster Mennonite finalized property transfer of Crable, returning Crable for the dollar transfer that we gave it to them. Lastly, this fall, we celebrated 70 years of Crable Mennonite, where some of you attended, being early students in the school when it was still in the meeting house. Now, all of these things were a culmination of effort of ordinary people doing God things. And so the Harbor 180 that you're up here, I encourage, implore, and admire your efforts to step into a void of unknown because that's what we did. I'm a college basketball coach. I had nothing to do with an educational background of administration. But what I saw was the opportunity of the smiles on my kids' faces that came home from school and that God isn't finished with Crable. So myself, along with MJ Smith as our kind of fearless leader and a bunch of parents, stepped into a void to try to figure this out. And if we would have thought that we could step into the void and solve it ourselves, we would have been foolish because as we stepped into these voids, we met quite often at the Grables, above the Grables garage, which we coined the upper room because what we understood was that if we were going to move forward in this idea of Crable's future, this revitalization, this rebirth, then it was going to take way more than what we had to offer as individuals. God was going to have to show up. And I will tell you that God showed up in amazing ways. When we needed some type of expertise in some specific area, 
somebody walked into the room. When we needed a financial void, somebody with financial means called or showed up or a check showed up in the mail. It was all these different people doing all these different things, sometimes meeting two, three times a week, starting at 7 o'clock at night and going till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. That was in the midst of people having full-time jobs and having full-time families. But somehow, back to you newborn parents, understanding God gives us this amazing strength with newborns. We don't know how we do it. We sleep two, three hours a night, but somehow are able to have a smile, love, and care for this newborn that we've been entrusted to. That's how we envisioned our responsibility with Crable, was that we were provided an opportunity to care for it, to nurture it, and try to find a way to move forward and grow it forward. So in closing, I'd like to reference one additional verse from Ecclesiastes. It's 7.14. It's probably one of my favorite verses. It says, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider that God made one as well as the other so a person won't know their future. Now, I stand up here today not knowing what's going to happen this afternoon or tomorrow. We don't know what Crable's future is going to be. It's had very happy times when it had over 400 students, and a lot of you know those times. It's also experienced some bad times, like the potential closing. But what we do know is that God promises us a hope and a future. And if his future is for Crable to be in the Mountjoy area for another 70 years, we're going to do everything that we can. But when we look at how God steps normal, average people into extraordinary opportunities to serve and be a servant leader, I go back to my opening quote. Life is like a basketball game. The tempo keeps changing. God wants you to know it's all part of what he has for you. Your mistakes are forgiven, and your future is bright. Stay diligent. Your faith is going to a new height. I'd be happy to answer any additional questions. I would also thank, like to thank those who have contributed to the future of Crable um, from a financial standpoint, from a volunteer service standpoint. And for those of you have, that have been praying for us, we thank you because we definitely feel your prayers. Thank you.